I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my A real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Oh, groovy, baby. It's Friday. It's the show that gives you a positive escape from all the crap out there around you. It's time to nerd out on all the things that better our lives. We have made it to the 60s on our musical journey. We've got a captain's origin, some honk list recommendations, and the usual banter that will definitely change your life. Hit me. You have 17, sir. I like to live dangerously. Five. I'll stay. I suggest you hit, sir. I also like to live dangerously. As you wish, sir. Twenty beats your five. I'm sorry, sir. Well, I won't lie to you. Cards are not my bag, baby. Allow myself to introduce myself. My name is Richie Cunningham, and this is my wife, Oprah. Ew, let's rock it, baby. Welcome to The Real Brian Show. It's my happening and it freaks me out, baby. Yeah, I'm the real Brian. What's up? I'm Captain Influence, <laughs> real Brian. This is my cat, Mr. Bigglesworth. Are you an evil captain? I am an evil captain, yes. I, you you know, I, I've even got my stupid pinky up next to my mouth right now. None of you can see it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Sitting there. Do you know how many times in, in college, for some whatever reason, we, we did that whole pinky thing, you know, because we'd course, imitate yeah. Dr. Evil? There would be times there where we would be sitting there in class or whatever doing something and our, we throw our pinkies up and didn't even realize we were doing it. We're like, oh, crap. So if the, if the professor throws a really big number at you, one billion professor, I'm doing it again. Dang it. Yeah. Ah. See, see, it, you get it. You're, yeah, you get it. It's instinctive for our generation. We... Uh, sometimes, I, I some guess, of us. yeah. So I'm, I'm overgeneralizing again. I was trying to do something that sort of represented the '60s without actually playing a '60s movie because, well, I don't know that many '60s movies to be honest, <laughs> and and not very many of them were that good. Let's be I honest. Mean, there were Come some, on. but mm. yeah, I was thinking like the Good, Bad, and the Ugly, but that was a western, so it's kind of like, does anybody actually associate it with the '60s? I don't know. You know, I mean, let's so face it. Let's Austin face Powers. It. it was just, it was right. It was the way it was. Yeah, totally. And and Hollywood really came into its own in the late seventies, into the eighties and nineties. I mean, yeah. that's in my opinion, that's when Hollywood started. I mean, of course, everyone knows they were still producing a bunch of crap as well. But the best movies of all time came out in that in that era. So yeah. yeah. Well. You would have been able to show yourself throwing your finger up against your, your corner of your mouth, you know. Uh, like this? Like, exactly, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, 
I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna say it one more time that this uh, this whole video thing is getting to the point where now I'm I'm like no forget it I'm done I'm not gonna do it this no. is ridiculous no we can't give up I, I'm so frustrated <laughs> we got your video working on your laptop still yep. not your your desktop yet but we at least got the laptop working but then you were like wait is that the sound that's gonna come through I'm like yeah like that sounds like crap and I'm like seriously oh but yeah, that's what's going to record on video is what's like you know what you hear right now is what's going through my studio setup, my mixer, all that good stuff. However, when you start recording on video, that's not necessarily what comes through unless you redo everything. And I, I don't know how to do that yet. So I'm like, Oh, I thought it was fine. And it didn't sound good. And I'm like, seriously, I know a lot of you out there are asking, why is this so hard? How come some of the dumbest people out there on Twitch (laughs) can, can do this in their sleep? and make millions of dollars and the two of us are having a difficult time and, and our IQs are not that low. So no, no, they're very high. Tell tell us what the deal is. Here's the problem. The people you mentioned are solo acts. We okay. are a duo and also in preparation for bringing a guest on. So for the trio or the quattro <laughs> quattro, <laughs> I'm doing my ear, my, yeah. I mean, I'm doing the pinky too. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so <laughs> that's part of the thing is that I'm trying to make sure that everybody's, Video and audio all sounds correct. That's part of it. Right. The other thing is, is that everything you hear in the beginning with the music, I do that live. I do not edit in all of the music and all of the sound clips and all of that stuff later. Like a lot of people do. Again, what you hear goes through my mixer and into the recording software. However, to do it into the computer correctly, I have to either change everything or I'm doing something I don't know. I, I really, again, yeah. this is like, okay, now I have to figure this one out too. <laughs> I'm talking about starting a whole new YouTube channel for something totally different. And I'm really excited about it. And the cool part yeah. is, is that that's all set up and ready to go. It's easy. Because yeah. It's there's me. nothing stopping. You yeah. We're not trying to do anything else like that. So it's going to be so freaking easy compared to what we're doing here on the real Brian show. And like I said, it's turned into madness. It's turned into like, <laughs> I really don't even want to do it anymore because I'm just frustrated now. So, so I think, I'm sorry. I think the way we should, that's okay. We understand that. I think the way should, we should approach it from now on is just, you know, when it happens, it happens. Everyone out there listening, just expect audio only from, for ne- from now into eternity. Uh, <laughs> but then all of a sudden we're going to, we're going to surprise the heck out of you all yeah. with video one day. And, and you're I not going to be wearing your shirt. I'm going to be every, every single week, Brian, I'm going to wear an awesome t-shirt just in case Me I'm going to have, I'm going to be shaven. I'm yeah. going to have my hair washed. Nice. I'm going to look as sexy as I possibly can. Yeah, baby. And hey, um, behave. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to have my teeth brushed and my brightest smile on just on the off chance. We're going to be on video. I love it, dude. I was prepared with my really cool shirt and it was my, you know, Phoenix Suns jersey. Of course, got to represent. Uh, I have yeah. a lot of also very cool shirts that I'm very excited to wear. Uh, in fact, I've got a couple of new ones that I'm waiting to surprise people. In fact, I need to have Caffeinatrix on for one of them. Please. She will appreciate it. And Bring her own. I know. Well, and she'll be on video too. So I'll ask her to wear a shirt, a cool shirt, <laughs> a cool shirt. Come on. But here's the thing. I, I told you this before we were, we, okay, so we did get on video. We actually successfully got on video and we're like, we're ready to go. And then you said it sounded like crap and okay, right. well, that was a bummer. But I mentioned to you that I look like crap today. Part of the other reason why, you know, we didn't have time to test this out prior to today. Uh, we got, it's been a while now. It's been a few weeks ago that our Greyhound Delta Delta star. That's her full name mm-hmm. was not doing well and stuff. We had to say goodbye to her last week, last Thursday. 
so yeah july 15th uh, we said goodbye to her and it was okay so for those of you who don't have animals you just don't understand i'm sorry but for those of you who do you do understand it it's a it's a big loss i mean i have a tendency to connect with dogs more than most people yeah <laughs> which it's not saying anything against people it's just I, no. I don't know i love animals i mean i really really love animals and i just I, there's a connection with animals that i have that i mean people around me are just kind of like dude how did you how did you call that squirrel over how did you call the fox over you know and <laughs> rub the bear's belly you know and stuff like that i mean he's dr doolittle yeah exactly it's kind of like that except they don't actually talk <laughs> that being said thursday would just it didn't happen like when it comes to yeah. work it didn't happen friday it didn't happen i mean i i got a couple like immediate things that had to get done and then it was like a blur after that in a positive way we're like you know let's go to the mountains let's go up to estes park my dad's birthday was sunday so we celebrated with my dad and it was nice to just kind of be outside of the house which was really good and being in the mountains it was beautiful and the weather was beautiful all that good stuff it was just really nice to get away. And then we ended up staying up there and working up there on Monday, but Monday was also just a whirlwind. And then it's just been back to back nonstop this week. So we just didn't have any time to test. And yeah. also I did not get a chance to shave because I've just been a little behind this week. So I, you know, yeah. I look like crap today. And, uh, but next week the audio will be figured out. I guarantee that because I know how to do it. At least it's just a matter uh, of making it happen. We can't promise anymore, Brian. Remember, we, we, we're we done promising. Oh, no. The audio will be figured out one way or the other. Failure is not an option. There you go. So there there you go. go. Good attitude. I would like to dedicate today's episode to Delta Star. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, this was the hardest one. We've, we've lost dogs in the past quite a few, but this was definitely the hardest one for me. Probably for Sarah, too. Anyway, she was almost 15, and the cancer just kind of, I don't know. Because the best cancer does. Cancer sucks, you know? And, yeah. and she just looked tired in the last couple of days, and, and like tired in general, like I'm done. And so yeah. it, was, it was time to do it and move on. And it's one of the hardest decisions ever to make. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. You lost a family member and I totally understand. So yeah, it's I'm quiet. Glad, we're glad you're back. We're glad you're back. You sound good. Well, so yeah, so. I grieved hard. I'm a type seven on the Enneagram. I don't like pain, even though the grief is not over and I'll never forget her. It's just like, I can't, <laughs> I can't be sad all the time. It's just, right. it's not in my DNA. So gotta move forward dude but um anyway and that's what we'll do yeah we're, we're here man i've i've shared this before my we've talked about bikes before bicycles bicycle bicycle <laughs> bicycle yeah well my bike is coming up around 16 17 years old now i want to say awesome bike i got it so at the time this was really cool they said oh hey look you're six foot four you need an xl bike which is like a 22 inch frame i think is what it is which is fairly tall right fit me perfectly it was a great bike i got a raleigh it was a like a raleigh venture 3.0 i think is what it was called and it's like a hybrid but it's their version of what they call comfort hybrid like you know the seat or the saddle is what it's called super duper comfortable you know you you sit at good posture and that kind of thing and you know it's, it's a comfortable ride okay. i love that bike man I, I had a great time well after the car hit me in 2014 obviously the bike needed some work and some replacement of parts and stuff like that Ever since then, the bike has never been the same, of course. I mean, they put on one shot, put on a wheel that just should not have been on there at all. It's really it doesn't match. It's just kind of a mess, you know, and it causes too much drag. I'd be going downhill pedaling and Sarah would be coasting. And I used to like out coaster. That's weird. And okay. it's it's a very heavy bike, you know, because of all the different stuff they've done to it. And, you know, it's older. So I went in looking and I know this is like the wrong time to buy a bike because everybody apparently in 2020 bought a bike. Right. So I just said, what do you even have? Probably bike shortage isn't there now oh yeah i mean exactly sure, right <laughs> so i went in and i was just like what do you have for someone my height and he said i have two bikes 
we went over there and he said, okay, wait, never mind. This one does, this one has a fixed handlebar. Okay. This one has one where you can actually adjust and pivot and raise and that kind of thing. I said, okay, cool. But then I was talking about something else and he said, oh, never mind. I don't have anything for you, <laughs> you know, used or new. And I was just like, crap, you know, what am I going to wow. do? Cause there's just, I would like something where I'm not in pain riding it. So hmm. he suggested, well, you could customize your bike. And I thought that would be kind of cool. You know, I've never gotten into that. It's like, well, I build my own computers, so maybe I could build my own, you know, like take the current bike I have and customize it because it's the right size, but it's an aluminum frame. And they said, I mean, I got this whole education. He said, what you really want is a lightweight steel frame because it's super strong and it absorbs all of the bumps on the road better than any other frame. This is according to this guy, by the way. I don't know if he's right. I'm just telling you what he said. I thought he would have told you to get a graphite frame, you know, like all the professionals have or whatever. Well, so there you go. It's or carbon, titanium carbon frame. steel, graphite, all that. That's what I thought too, because they're super light. And then the, the advice was, well, if you get into an accident, you're toast. And also, I think that's a given anyway. Uh, well, I mean, my aluminum frame withstood that guy hitting me. So right. technically it should have cracked. So apparently aluminum will crack in 10 to 20 years. Huh? Okay. That, I mean, this is according to this guy. I need to do more research. And I've asked around to people that I know that customize their bikes. And I'm like, help. <laughs> I don't know where to start because I'm just, I mean, this is one guy's opinion telling me that if you have an aluminum frame, you know, you got 10 to 20 years on it. If you're right a lot. I'm thinking, okay, well, how do we find a lightweight steel? And he said, yeah, I mean, it's, he said it's the most comfortable right out there. So then I'm going, okay, well, is it worth me upgrading or customizing my aluminum frame? That's 16 or 17 years old. Won't mm. it crack eventually? I don't know. So then he's saying, well, you know, you want to put on some new higher end tires. He said, tires do matter. Don't get, don't be cheap on them and rims, of course, because my rims are original. So they need to be changed. This was interesting because I was asking about the saddle, like what's comfortable it's made by Brooks and it's called the B-17, you know, like the bomber. You know, those old style leather saddles from like way back. Kind of. They've been making them for, you know, over 100 years. With like the really big ones. Well, the, it, I the don't big think they're leather seats. I don't know how big they are, but you can get different versions of them. But yeah, it's leather. Condition the leather. Keep it clean. Take care of it. It'll last you forever. And apparently that the way that the leather moves and stuff is that it will actually move with your sit bone and your muscles and all those good things. So huh. it's less sore on you. And I thought, okay, I've never heard that before, but that's fascinating. And then I was kind of like toying around with, well, what would it be like to have like an e-bike or something? Because I want a bike to get exercise, but sometimes, you know, you might want to commute somewhere, but you don't want to get all sweaty and it's 98 degrees outside and maybe you want to get there quickly. So why not? Let's have a little e-bike assist. That'd be kind of fun, you know, or if you're just like exhausted after a 50 mile ride, which I don't do those. And you're like, I just got to get home, man. I just so tired. You turn on the e-bike, right? Well, he said, actually, what's really cool is you could get an e-bike kit. You could buy those and then you can install them on your current bike. And I thought, oh, that's cool. Like, that's just neat to do this. So I'm nerding out on that right now. The last time I customized my bike. I was 10 years old and I taped a card to the frame <laughs> so that it, so that it, <laughs> it, 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 it did that thing in the spokes, you know? Yeah. It made it sound like a motorized bike, you know? Like, you oh, it's all go. right. Yeah, I did that there too. There you go. So I've never customized well, a bike cool. in my life. Uh, so this is the first time I've ever thought about it, but I, I didn't know that. I mean, of course I knew it was possible. I didn't realize it was that easy, I guess. It's just a matter of saying, is my current bike frame worth even working on or do I need to start from scratch kind of thing? But I think it's cool. So there you go. So for those of you who are looking for a bike, maybe your current bike frame is fine and you can 
upgrade it and customize it because you can't find a new bike right now. And then knowing what you're doing or hiring somebody to do it for you because I don't have a clue. Yeah, man, I'm excited because I love biking. I bike anyway, but I have been in increasing pain because the bike is just not doing what it used to do. And I had to put a new seat on it because my original seat, which was amazing, just deteriorated and it was 15 years old and it was used a lot. And the new seat just hurts. I mean, I it literally, my butt's hurting after 15 minutes. I need to bike longer than that. Brian, what in Sam Hill are you waiting for? I'll tell Go you what, Tony. Hold on now. Tell me, tell you, tell you, I, that is my saying there. I say what in Sam Hill all the time. Take what, yeah, I like what in Sam Hill. <laughs> hey, hey, you well, know what's funny about that is I've been saying what in Sam Hill my whole life or what in the Sam Hill, right? What in tarnation? A lot of people have. Yeah. You, you got to tell me what it's about because I need to know the origin behind this. That would be a great origin for today. And guess what? <gasps> what? That's the origin no for today. Way. Oh, I thought I Sam Hill All right. has been a substitute for the word hell in, in, in American English vernacular for the last 200 years. So like what in so the bloody since, hell? Since the early 1800s. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, really Sam quickly, Hill. before you get into this, do you know that there is a Sam Hill, Texas? <laughs> Not surprising. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Keep going. So according to Wiktionary, no suitable person is known to be the original for this. It was probably intended as a substitute for hell or more fully damned hell. What in the damned hell? What in the Sam Hill? You know, and you got to do the, uh, gotcha. you got to do the Hank Hill voice when That's you do right. it, right? Several theories as to the origin of this phrase. According to Wiktionary.com, one speculative possibility for the origin is that it derives from the Swedish. This is the funniest, by the way. It derives from the Swedish Samhallet. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Samhallet. Okay. Which means community. An early Swedish immigrant to the United States might have said, Nuver and the Samhallet has Johnny gone to. <laughs> now, if that was a bad Swedish accent, I apologize. Well, Johnny is uh, Swedish, by the way. Johnny pistol shot. So good. Good job. <laughs> Nuver and the Samhill, Samhallet has Johnny gone to. Samhallet community became anglicized and repeated and immortalized. So that might be the origin. Interesting. According to Wikipedia, there are three, no, let's see, four other potential sources for this. The first would have been a store owner in Arizona. Sam Hill was also a mercantile store owner who offered a vast and diverse inventory of goods. People began using the term, what in the Sam Hill is that, quote unquote, to describe something they found odd or unusual, just like the inventory found at Sam Hill's store. Okay. The original Sam Hill Mercantile Building still stands on Montezuma Street in Prescott, Arizona. It's listed on the Register of the Historic Places. So um, okay. Okay. That's, the, that's the next one. The next one, there was a politician in Connecticut. An article in the New England Magazine in December of 1889 entitled, quote, The Two Centuries and a Half in Guilford, Connecticut, unquote, mentioned that Quote, between 1727 and 1752, Mr. Sam Hill represented Guilford in 43 out of 49 sessions of the legislature. Okay. And when he was gathered to his father's, I guess that means when he died, his son Nathaniel reigned in his stead, unquote. And a footnote queried whether this might be the source of the, quote, popular Connecticut adjuration to, quote, give him Sam Hill, Hmm. unquote. The next one was a surveyor in Michigan. And this is a little long, so bear with me. Another possible origin for the phrase Sam Hill is the surveyor Samuel W. Hill, who lived from 1819 to 1889, associated with the Kawinaw Peninsula area. So that's a peninsula in Michigan. Hill allegedly used such foul language that his name became a euphemism for swear words. Hmm. In the words of Charles Eschbach, quote, back in the 1850s in Kawinaw's copper mining boom was underway. 
there were about a dozen men who pretty much ran Kawinaw Peninsula. They were mining company agents, the quote go-between for the investors from Boston and the actual mining production people. Their names were attached to every report sent back to the uh, Eastern investors. Among these company agents was a man named Samuel W. Hill. Hmm. Sam was a geologist, surveyor, and mining engineer and had considerable power in Kawinaw. According to author Ellis W. Corder, Samuel Hill was an adventurer, explorer, miner, and surveyor. He had worked with Christopher C. Douglas and Douglas Houghton in the early state survey. His judgment was respected. Although he was a rough character, he possessed a big heart and in the fall of 1847 had risked his life to help avert a threatened food shortage in the Copper Harbor District. Cool. Generally, he was regarded as a hero throughout the entire Copper Country. However, he was contemptuous of all the praise that was heaped upon him. He also gained a reputation as being one of the most blasphemous and obscene swearers in the Kawinaw Peninsula. Although he had a colorful vocabulary and told many a good story of his early adventures, his ubiquitous use of lurid cuss words became legendary. Hmm. Whenever friends or neighbors retold his colorful tales in more polite society, they had to tame his unmentionables by substituting the sinless sounding words, Sam Hill. (laughs) In time, the expression, what the Sam Hill spread far beyond the copper country. Today has become as part of the American language. Few who utter these words have ever heard of Samuel Hill or know that he was the unconscious originator of a sinless synonym of for profanity. Hmm. Wow, that was a mouthful. Holy cow. Yeah, that was. So that, that was by far the longest potential origin. Now, and it makes the most sense so far. So then there's one more. It's a, there was an adjutant general in Kentucky, Samuel Ewing Hill, who was sent by the governor of Kentucky to see what was going on in reference to the Hatfields and McCoys family feud in 1887. Between 1880 and 1891, the feud claimed more than a dozen members of the two families, becoming headline news around the country and compelling the governors of both Kentucky and West Virginia to call up their state militia to restore order. The governor of West Virginia once even threatened to have his militia invade Kentucky. Kentucky Governor Simon Bolivar, Simon Bolivar, Buckner, in response, sent his adjutant general, Sam Hill, to Pike County, Kentucky, to investigate the situation. Newspapers from all around the country awaited word from Hill to find out, quote, what in the Sam Hill was going on up there, unquote. Mm. Yeah, so that's all the or- the potential origins I could find. I think the one that makes the most sense is the surveyor in Michigan. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think, think so, that, too. Yeah, he, he was probably just so popular at that time that that phrase kind of just spread from that geographic region. But who knows? It might have been the politician from Connecticut or the store owner in Arizona. So it's so funny how these origins, they disagree. I mean, this is a lot of times where it's like, well, one theory is this and one theory is this. It's like nobody really knows. It's kind of funny. Right. Yeah. Some of them they don't know. Sometimes they know. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are pretty clear cut, but this is one of those where nobody really knows, but here's the possibilities. So So. interesting. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing that, man. So I I do like what in Sam Hill because daggummit, what in Sam Hill? You got to talk like that, though. Like, what in Sam Hill? Captain, I'm going to tell you what. If you could go ahead and just talk about your 60s music, because we've got a... It's time for the 1960s! Okay, this is is crazy, man. Oh, yeah. We're back. Every decade is hard. It's wonderful. I love this. And we're having a great time. But I want to hear what your top 1960s songs were, Mr. Captain, The Influence. All right. So for me, the 60s was more of an acquired taste. I have to admit, I had to hit my... 30s before I really started getting into the mo- into most 60s music. Okay. However, now I listen to it often. Uh, these days, I find emotional security in the music of the mid 20th century in general. So the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 
and even a little bit the nineties. I just, there's something about the music from that, those bygone decades that chills me out and just makes me feel safe somehow. Okay. It's like a security blanket. Almost. I think a lot of people as they get older, find security in music of their younger years. That's true. But also I think a lot of people like myself are finding security in music from our parents and grandparents days as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's I, safe and it's positive and it's happy. If you listen to the sixties music, it's so innocent, man. I mean, most of it is <laughs> not all of it, but it just feels so well, it's, innocent. It's also politically charged. Um, I want to so, hold your hand. Not that one. <laughs> Some of it yeah. was. Yes, I agree. I have a top five and then I have honorable mentions. Okay. Number five was <laughs> a very a kind of a less known song by a group called Zager and Evans called in the year 2525. I love this song. I forgot about that song, dude. I'm so glad you brought it up. That is such a great song in the year 2525. Yeah. Yeah. So I first heard this song sung by an actor very poorly, by the way, in the movie alien three back in the, back in the mid nineties. Yeah. And I just love how far reaching the subject matter is yeah. the lyrics in the song. If you read the lyrics, it's actually pretty good. They go up to the year 95, 95 yeah. and there's even a dash of prescience at the end. I just, I just love to be reminded that whatever may come, there will actually be a year 95, 95, whatever may come someday. Hopefully somebody will look back from the year 19, 95, 95 and wonder about us. That's a number great four. Song, great, great choice. Yeah. Number four, Jimi Hendrix. Hey yeah. Joe. Yeah. I have to admit, I'm a little chagrined to admit this, but I always found myself sort of sympathizing with Joe in this song. (laughs) Just a little bit. Nice. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the song. Number three, Sly and the Family Stone. I want to take you higher. I love Sly and the Family Stone. Most of their stuff's from the 70s, but this awesome song from 1969 is a definite prelude to the 70s. Nice. Number, uh, oh, that was number... I have, I have two number threes. Oh, you have number six three, songs. All right. Number three B. <laughs> number three B. Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell, California Soul. Now, I don't think they did the original California Soul. I forget the name of the, 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 the woman who, who sang the original, but they did a version of it. And this is my favorite song by this dynamic duo. Marvin Gaye made three albums, three full albums with Tammy Terrell before she died young of a brain tumor. Mm. That's a really sad story. Yeah. I always get excited and a little sad whenever I hear Tammy's voice. I just have to mention that her and Marvin always look so happy on their album covers. Nice. Number two, actual number two, David Bowie, Space Oddity. I know that I know you have this on your list too. So we're going to, there's a little bit of crossover here. That's okay. I actually cried when I first listened to the lyrics of this back when I was in high school. You know, when you're in high school, you're getting, you know, hormones going on and you're getting some, some of us get a little emotional over stupid stuff. Yeah. I, listening to the lyrics of this, and I was living in Phoenix at the time, I actually teared up. Just It somehow epitomizes the courage and determination of the space race in the 60s. Oh, yeah. I just love this song. So good. Nice. And num- number one. Yes. My number one song of the 60s is Jefferson Airplane, White Rabbit. Oh, yeah. I just think this song is so cool. It reminds me a little bit of Ravel's Bolero, the classical song where it starts out quiet and builds to a crescendo, which I think they were going for. Uh, it's easily my favorite 60s song. So nice. what a band. That's too. My, what a prolific band. And, oh, yeah, uh, man. Jefferson Airplane to Jefferson Starship to Starship. It's just such a great band. And, and they did so much over the years. Yeah. And they were still huge in the 80s. They built yeah. this city, dude. They built this city. They did. That's right, man. <laughs> and that was about San Francisco, which I loved. It was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My honorable mention list. Not very long. Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell again. You're all I need to get by. Rolling Stones, Give Me Shelter. Mm-hmm. Dusty Springfield, Spooky. Oh, yeah. 
Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell again. Yeah. Ain't no mountain high enough. Mm-hmm. Buffalo Springfield for what it's worth. Yes. Uh, cream white room. Nice. Jimi Hendrix all along the watchtower. Yep. The doors, the end. Remember oh, yeah. the very beginning of uh, apocalypse now. Oh yeah. Oh, I love that song though. Yeah. That's where I first heard this song and I just, I love it ever since the Rolling Stones paint it black. Yep. Yeah. It's nice. The Beatles come together. Yep. Norman Greenbaum, Spirit oh, yeah. in the Sky. I, I just love the guitar riff in the beginning of that song. Oh, it's so good. Cream, Sunshine of Your Love. Oh, yeah. Jimi Hendrix, Fire. Nice. Oh, yeah. And lastly, <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, Foxy Lady. Foxy. Garth, Garth, party on. Here I come, girl. <laughs> Coming to get you. <laughs> Who can forget that scene in Wayne's World 1, honestly? Oh, I love that. And Fire, man. Jimmy, Jimmy. Got to love Jimmy, dude. And Cream. I mean, Eric Clapton, dude. That's good stuff. Yeah. It's nice. Tough. We have a lot of crossover, actually. It's kind of fun. As I mentioned earlier, a lot of great songs from the 60s. I mean, even though there are some absolutely fantastic songs that didn't make the cut, they are awesome. I just had to pick these because I like them more personally. Now, my top, uh, I'm going to go four actually here were really, really easy to pick for me. Like it was a heck yes all the way across. And then it kind of got a little harder. It was kind of like, all right, well, once I get to number five and on, it's like I even into the honorable mentions, it's like, I love all these songs. They're all good right. there. It just depends on the mood I'm in. So yeah. number one, hands down my favorite 60 song of all time. And one of the, one of my favorite songs of all time as well is the moody blues nights in white satin Oh yeah, the song is, it, it's a beautiful song. I mean, the moody blues in general are just such a great band. It's powerful. It's emotional. I just have a lot of memories, you know, in my life with listening to this song and it's just such a great, great song. For the longest time, I thought Knights in White Satin was knights as in K-N-I-G-H-T-S. <laughs> like there were like there were medieval knights wearing white satin. Chiffon evening dresses and, you know, I, you know with, with their horns on. I Wait, can't no, those explain are why Sorry. I thought that. Yeah. Those were Vikings, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my number two song and uh, wow, second favorite 60s songs, also in my top favorites of all time. And in my opinion, one of the greatest, if not greatest love songs ever written, Righteous Brothers Unchained Melody. Oh, yeah. You could probably debate that there are some other great love songs, but that song is just it's up there. I mean, it's got to be in the top for that. But man, their voices. Those guys could sing, dude. Powerful, powerful, talented dudes. Amazing. And yes, my number three is David Bowie Space Oddity. Oh, dude, I'm so glad you brought this one up. (laughs) I mean, I actually did think the song was from the 70s originally, and then I was like, oh, well, uh, it's not so awesome. It's going into my 60s mix as number three. Mm-hmm. loved of course peter schilling's major tom and how that's a tribute to david bowie's space oddity which is awesome mm-hmm. and i've been a fan of both of those songs for years and like you said and i loved this though is that it really is an awesome tribute to the space race and i'm a huge space nerd and i think i've mentioned this on the show before but i worked for the united states space foundation i got yeah. to meet buzz aldrin jim lovell and all those guys and it was just really really cool so i was like always a space nerd and then listening to this i'm like yay this is cool this song, like you were talking about, it made you cry. Like for me, this song, as well as Nights in White Satin, Unchained Melody as well. It's like they evoke these emotions in me that it's hard to explain. You're just like, yeah. wow, it's so music is so powerful and it's amazing it how it can impact us. It's just amazing. All right. Number four for me. And I, again, another amazing, amazing song. Procol Harum, Wider Shade of Pale. Like I'm trying to picture what I'm trying to think term. in my head how that song goes. Uh, I'll, have to, I'll off, have to listen to it on the mix. Yeah, it starts off with that organ and it's beautiful. And oh, yeah, Ugh, I'm I sure I've heard it. I just can't place it right now. Yeah. Well, so interestingly enough, the Hammond organ in that song with the Leslie speaker, by the way. Oh, it's so good. So this song and then sticks blue collar man that we mentioned last week. 
pretty much Boston in general, most of the time. And then a couple of other songs were the songs that sort of helped me to learn how to play the Hammond organ and how to actually use the Leslie speaker correctly when I would perform, because most people don't know how to use it. You know, when you've got that, that wah, you know, just straight. And then it goes like, wah, 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 like that. That's the Leslie speaker. Okay. I was going to ask, what is a Leslie speaker? I have no idea. So what it is, is it's a, it's a speaker, but then inside the speaker, there's this thing that when you click it on, it starts to rotate. So the sound goes wah, 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 like that. And so when you hear those organs, you know, you got to, you got to know when to like turn on the Leslie and when to turn it off too. And it's in this song. It's just, oh yeah, it's good. You'll have to listen. I can't wait to hear it. Okay. Uh, And you probably will recognize you'll be like, oh yeah, I remember that song. Right. Number five. And this, it's just had to be in my top five because (laughs) it is in my opinion, one of the best positive and beautiful songs written to, I mean, it maybe is the most positive song out there. I'm not sure. (laughs) Louis Armstrong. What a wonderful world. What a wonderful I just love to make I love that. I, I love to not make fun. That's the wrong term. I love to imitate Louis Armstrong while he I sings see. that. <laughs> it's so much fun to do. I, I mean, love his voice, know, dude. Let's just talk like Louis Armstrong for the rest of the episode. No, that everybody's dude. like, no, don't, oh. no, don't. Okay, no, I won't. I love That's his okay. voice. I love his voice, dude. He's a great satchmo, man. He's fantastic. Oh. Louis Armstrong, he's one of the people, if I could go back and meet someone yeah. from history, he's one. He's on the short list. You know what blows me away, though, is I thought that this was from originally. I thought this was from the forties. I did not realize that this was, was it 62 or 64? So yeah, it just blew my mind. Cause I'm like, you know, he started back in the thirties and he was big right. in the forties and he was kind of winding down, but I didn't realize, I mean, this must've been one of the last big songs that he wrote. I don't know, but wow. Yeah. And you know what? Tell it's a reminder that regardless of the crap out there, by the way, there will always be crap out there. We can see the beautiful and wonderful things around us. So listen to this song. Let it encourage you and just, you know, enjoy. Yeah. Number six, all along the watchtower. Jimmy, you mentioned that one. Bob Dylan wrote it. Jimmy made it. Cool song. Oh, see, I forgot. That's right. Bob Dylan wrote that. I forgot. I knew that at one point. His version of it is just like, eh. and Jimmy's version is awesome. But that's what even Bob said is like, no, no, Jimmy made this song. And of course, it was used throughout Battlestar Galactica in That's such right. a cool way. Very, it was. And you know what? I, I've, I've rewatched Battlestar Galactica twice. Yeah. And so I've watched it three times, all of it. And I still can't quite place the melody. I know what it is. I know it's supposed to be all along the watchtower, but I can't. I, I listen hard and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm never I'm never like, oh, yeah, I get it now. I, I, I still can't hear it. Well, so. it's, it's kind of like they were trying to work it out in their head. And so what they're doing yeah. is close, but not quite. Right. And it's eventually cool. in one episode, they finally like a, on one of the season finales, they finally bring it all together and yeah. actually play a version of the song. That's so, so cool. Oh, man. All right. Uh, number seven. Quickly, I'll go through these. Donovan, Hurdy Gurdy Man. Oh, yeah. Mm, good song. Number eight. Tommy James and the Shondells. Crimson and Clover. Dude, <laughs> this song, <laughs> it's so trippy. And yes, by the way, that is a dude singing. Um, number nine, Mamas and Papas, California Dreamin'. Okay, I love the Mamas and Papas. They were yeah. awesome. So many good songs. This song was the first one that I really heard and loved, though. So, of course, it had to be my first choice from them. Number 10, The Association, Never My Love. Oh, another beautiful love song. So good. And I had a lot of honorable mentions. I'm going to go through these super, super fast. Booker T and the MGs, Green Onions, all instrumental. Great. Simon and Garfunkel also, dude. Wow. So many good songs that they had. So hard to pick. Thankfully, many of them were in the 1970s, by the way. So a little easier for me to pick Scarborough Fair slash Cantable and A Hazy Shade of Winter, which I just I love those Beach Boys. Once again, I love Beach Boys. They have so many good songs. I'm like, ah, 
Well, here's my top two good vibrations and I get around to love them, but they're also mm-hmm. good, dude. Del Shannon runaway. This shocked me again. I thought this was a 50 song. Yeah, I would have thought so too. Deep purple. Oh yeah. Hush dude. <laughs> Smoke on the water was in the seventies, but hush was the sixties. And my dad actually saw these guys when they were still pretty small. Like didn't know people didn't really know who they were. It was kind of like, well, they, I heard they were kind of cool. And it was uh, at a community college in his hometown. So, well, that gives it up right there. They wouldn't have been playing community colleges no. after they got big. So, yeah, so cool though. And of course, I've got the uh, the Stoners, the Rolling Stones, painted black, cream white room, just like you did in there. The Zombies, time of the season. Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. a good yeah. one. I had to throw Aretha Franklin in, dude. Oh, dude. she is so awesome. Think, I love that song. Think, but to me, the best version of this song is actually in the Blues Brothers. I picked a Beatles song, but I picked one that most people don't know. It's the A Day in the Life song. It's incredibly bizarre, highly unique, and it has a lot of variety in it. And actually, we heard an interview with Paul McCartney talking about, I didn't know this. He was talking about his time as a child, you know, and getting up and going, you know, getting out of bed and going to school and stuff like that. And then like in the middle of the song, I'm like, that's the story. So check that song out. It's cool. It's, it's a bizarre song, but I love it. My pick for Jefferson Airplane was somebody to love. I just love that song. Yeah. The Ronettes be my baby. Oh, yeah. Dick Dale. Okay. I was huge into surf. Me. I still am, by the way, huge into surf music. Love that stuff. So Dick Dale and the Deltones, Miser Lou, the Shantae's pipeline, Jan and Dean surf city and the little old lady from Pasadena. <laughs> so oh, yeah, my mom was born in Pasadena and she's always joked that one day she'll be the little old lady from Pasadena, uh, except that that's she's funny. not short, I, but that song is hilarious. Right. That, that is a, those are surf songs. And I always associated those with the beach boys, but yeah. they weren't the beach boys. So exactly. I mean, there's so many good surf songs, but like safaris wipe out. There's a bunch of other ones, but some yeah. good stuff. Animals, House of the Rising Sun, Strawberry, Alarm Clock, Incense, and Peppermints, Buffalo Springfield, for what it's worth. You mentioned that. CCR, mm-hmm. Credence Clearwater Revival, Fortunate Sun. Oh, I yeah. Love that song. Fortunate Sun would have been on my short list, but I, I, I cut it short. Ah, uh, yeah. Elvis. A lot of Elvis was earlier in the days, but Suspicious Minds, which is one of my favorites, was a 60s one. Kinks, You Really Got Me, Benny King, Stand By Me, The Birds, Turn, Turn, Turn. I mean, there's just so many, and I had to cut a bunch of them, too, as it was, but <laughs> I went a little long here, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to at least mention them. They're in the Spotify playlist because if you're curious, you can go check them out. Put them on your own playlist. And that playlist is? TRBS Top 1960s, which will be, of course, in the show notes at realbrianshow.com slash 290. So just look for that. It's pretty awesome. Oh, and, and thank you, Spider Pan. He threw me five bones as well. Five bones. Oh, yeah, Roy Orbison crying. Oh, yeah, dude. I love that song. Beatles, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. That was actually my second choice. I love that Beatles song. Yeah. yeah. Elvis, Can't Help Falling in Love. Marty Robbins, Devil Woman. And Mamas and Papas, Dream a Little Dream of Me, which is also really fantastic. So, so many good songs. Thank you. Thank you all. 50s is next week. 50s. Ooh. Oh, man. I love the fifties. It's going to be fun. <laughs> All right, dude, let's talk golly. about what's on our, yeah. Oh, golly gee. All right, dude, what's on our honk list, man. What's on your honk list. I binge watched the show invincible on Amazon prime video on the recommendation of my buddy up too late. It's eight episodes long. They're fairly long episodes. It's an impressive animated series. Interesting. It's very well written. It's actually somewhat sophisticated. Somehow it even has a really cool soundtrack. Very adult content. However, no sex, but a lot of really, really graphic violence mm-hmm. and some language. Adult cartoons seem to be the thing these days. So there's quite yeah. a few out there now. So like yeah, uh, Rick, Castlevania and Rick and Morty and Rick and Morty. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I watched the first episode, but think about them doing invincible live action. I mean, it would be so expensive. 
Yeah. So animating it is just it's an easier way to get it out there, get a story out. You know, you get to have all the fun with it and all that, but you don't have to put the budget into it. Some of the voice actors are, are pretty big names, yeah. too. The end of, of episode one is where you're like, oh, my God, what, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. And then every episode after that gets better than, than, the, not, than the last one. OK. It, it's just a crescendo. It's a wonderful ride. Cool. Well, thank you. OK. I have one question. I mentioned Sweet Tooth a couple weeks ago. Haven't heard any feedback on that. So is there nobody watching that? I would really yeah. like to know if it gets away from the virus and focuses more on Sweet Tooth. So if you're watching it, please reach out. I want to know. Yeah. But what's coming? Oh, yeah. Ted Lasso season two came out today. So I'm excited. That is going. Nice. I'm going to start watching that. I love what a positive show. Well, season one was <laughs> positive anyway. I don't know. We'll see how season two goes. And I finally have a quiet place part two ready to watch because I did not get to go to the theater to see it. So has anyone seen that one? Let us know. I'm, I'm excited. I got to go back and rewatch the first one just because it's been a long time and then I'll watch that one. Yeah, I'm going to watch the first one as well. You've never seen soon. it. No, I've never okay. seen it. So I hope you had fun this week. That's it for us. We have a short honk list, but you know, we're, we're going to watch stuff and then get back to you. But there you go. Next week, we're going to be back. It's I can't but wait. We're we're at episode 290 already. We better start planning for episode 300. <laughs> I just think I'm like, oh my gosh, it'll it'll get there and then go by and it won't matter at all. We're, I'm, I'm planning for episode 500. Well, Brian. I know, but we still have to do a little, you know, mini celebration, like crack open a, a LaCroix or something. <laughs> okay. Okay. We can do that. I don't know. We got to do something for it, but all right. So next week we'll do the, the fifties on our music journey. We'll definitely get more into uh, what we're watching and stuff like that. And maybe even if we have anything to game with, but thank you for joining us. Always, always love having you here. We have a good time with this. We will figure out this video thing sooner than later. And um, I hope you are not writing us off and saying you guys suck because <laughs> we're dead sexy. And anyway, if you want to go to the show notes, it's realbryanshow.com slash 290. All the stuff in there, our TRBS top 1960s mix is in there. So you can check out all of our 60s mix and then go follow me and follow, you know, find all the other ones from all the other decades and enjoy the stuff. So I'm thank you. pretty thank sure, you. Brian, by now we've weeded out the people who think we suck, that anyone listening right now is probably okay with how we suck if we do suck. That's so, true. They're like, you know, you suck, but you're kind of a good You're suck. my kind of suck. Yeah. yeah. Deep Thoughts with Captain Influence. If I had been born in the 60s, I probably wouldn't have gone through my parachute pants phase or my rat tail phase. Well, maybe the rat tail phase if I had been born in Appalachia. Well, you know what the music means. What this, in Sam Hill does the music mean, Brian? It means that the suck is over. Ain't no more of this suck going on because it's a it's the suck zone. <laughs> That's what we should call it. The Real Brian Show, <laughs> The Suck Zone. Welcome to The Suck Zone. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you so much again for joining us. The Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.